pastors to discuss some very urgent social issues that we face in our communities. So we thank God for that. So we want you to be a part of this program today. So I want to give you the numbers already. And you can call in at any time you desire. 322-7846 or 326-0800. We're going to be discussing uh, the response of the Prime Minister to uh, the um, moved by the Ministry of Education concerning gambling and so on. You're quite aware of that, I'm sure. We'll also be talking about some of the uh, issues that have to do with some of the new bills and laws that are being proposed and coming into play very shortly. For instance, the Communications Bill that will come into effect on August the 1st, and uh, also the law, the uh, the amendment that is being proposed uh, right now concerning uh, spousal rape. We will look at that uh, briefly as well. And of course the, the issue with the communications bill has to do with what is norm commonly called the hate speech bill. So these are some of the things we'll be looking at and I'm sure you will want to be a part of that so be uh, prepared to call in. But as usual we want to begin with a time of prayer and I'm so happy to have these pastors with us because we're going to ask them to lead us in prayer today. We have Pastor Lyle Bethel, he's the senior pastor of Grace Community Church. He's going to be praying for our government. Then we have Pastor Cedric Moss, he's a senior pastor of Kingdom Life Church. Kingdom Life Church. He'll be praying for our sick and, and our shut-ins. And then we also have Pastor Alfred Stewart of New Mount Zion Baptist. Uh, and he will be praying for the nation as a whole. So I ask you then to join us in a time of prayer. And we begin with Pastor Bethel. Shall we pray? Eternal Father, we bring our nation, our government, before you, recognizing, Lord, that you have told us in Romans 13 through your servant, Paul, that we should submit to the governing authorities, for they they are your, your servants to do us good. And Father, we realize also from the book of Proverbs that when the righteous rule the people, uh, life is easier for them. And so we're praying, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would be at work in our government leaders, the opposition, uh, both sides as they meet in the House of Assembly. Help them to realize the noble calling to which they have been called, not to be handled frivolously and certainly not to be scoring brownie points against each other. But Lord, they are not just about the people's business, but about your business. We pray that you bring a sense of sobriety, a sense of uh, wisdom, a sense of responsibility to both government and the opposition. Give the Prime Minister, Lord, wisdom, courage in these difficult times when um, uh, the United Nations and, and other uh, parties outside the country are insisting that our laws should be changed to suit uh, what they deem to be best for our nation. Help us, Lord, to hold fast to our Christian nation, 
our Christian convictions, and the things that, Lord, will make us a great nation as we sing in the uh, our, our national anthem, till the road we've trod leads unto our God. Give our Prime Minister, Lord, the courage to live out the preamble that, he, that, that we believe and that he is trying to be inculcated in our society an abiding respect for Christian values and the rule of law that will guarantee this nation's its freedoms and will keep us safe. Bless him, his cabinet, the government, the opposition, and all of those who are your servants to do our nation good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you that prayer knows no distance. And Lord, we thank you that your ears are open to our cry and your heart, Lord, is turned towards those who are bowed down. Lord, we pray for those who are sick, those who are shut in, those who are in hospitals. Lord, we lift them up to you. Lord, though we don't know them by name and face, Lord, none of them escapes your view. And I pray, Lord, that you would, by your Spirit, help them to know that you are near. Help them, Lord, to know that their way is not hid from you and uh, their circumstances are not outside of your sovereign care. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would be pleased to heal I pray that you'd be pleased, Lord, to raise up from beds of affliction those who have been confined to them. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that those who do not know Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that you would even use the circumstances of their affliction to cause them to look towards you, Lord. Lord, help them to see that they have a greater need beyond the physical illness and ailment that they may face. Help them to see their need for a Savior, Lord. And Father, we pray that you would draw men and women to yourself. Lord, we even pray that there would be those who would join the psalmist and say, it was good that I was afflicted, because now I take heed and obey your word. Amen. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would use even these circumstances to bring glory to yourself. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we continue in prayer for our nation. Father, we recognize that you are the creator of nations. We're grateful and thankful that in your divine providence you have created the Bahamas. We thank you, Father, for the composition of the Bahamas for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us as a people, as a nation. We thank you, Father, as has already been identified, for the fact that as a nation we have committed ourselves to noble, high ideals. Mm -hmm. Father, we recognize that the strength of our nation and the continuance of our nation will depend on the extent to which we continue to acknowledge and inculcate in ourselves Christian values and respect the rule of law. 
We must continue to see you as sovereign and supreme as we acknowledge in the preamble of our Constitution. Our Father, we come today acknowledging and recognizing that since our establishment as a, an independent nation some 36 years ago, we've strayed from those ideals. Yes. We've turned away and we have been headed in the wrong direction. And so first and foremost, we repent and seek your forgiveness. And yes, Father, we pray that you would give us godly sorrow for our sin in this regard. Father, we pray that you would help to turn us around. Yes, Lord. Turn our hearts. It is only you who can change hearts. Mm. Turn our hearts, we pray, Father, yes, to the path that would lead to you. And Father, we believe, dear God, that you are the divine, sovereign God who is involved in the affairs of nations. And we believe that you're God who hears and answers prayer. So we ask that you would hear our prayer today and restore in this our nation the fear of God. Father, we know sometimes that might involve chastisement, but Father God, we pray that your will be done in this nation. Notwithstanding the cost, that your kingdom be established in this nation, that truly we would be not just a God fearing nation, but a godly people. Yes. And to you we give thanks and glory and honor and praise today as we pray in the name of your dear Son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, pastors. I am truly delighted and honored to have you here today in our studio. You are all known for your stand for righteousness in our nation. And uh, we're so thankful for that. The Bible tells us very clearly that righteousness exalts a nation with sin as a reproach to any people. And uh, I want to publicly thank you for your uh, gallant efforts in trying to maintain that standard of righteousness in our nations, even against much opposition. Now. Very recently, you men, and I'm going to call you the Bahamas Coalition of Evangelical Pastors right now, just to give me a name for you, <laughs> it's uh, a good name. came out concerning the, Christian, the, the Ministry of Education uh, proposal of having a um, national lottery fund the education program of the Bahamas. And you wrote a letter, a public letter, a referendum, right. And um, then, of course, the prime minister responded to that. Now, I have that here. Uh, did we give that? Was that gone? Yeah, that's the thank you. Is gone out? Yes. Yeah. Um, I just want to read that, and then I want to ask you what you think about the prime minister's response. All right, but I will read this just to set the stage for us. This is. A thank you statement or respond to the Prime Minister's response uh, just a few days ago. Bearing in mind that we publicly expressed grave concerns about the Ministry of Education's call for national lottery, we welcomed Prime Minister Ingram's clear and candid refutation of the tragic idea, thus definitely putting it to rest. Further, we are encouraged by the Prime Minister's renewed 
comment that a national lottery is not a part of his government's agenda. We commend Prime Minister Ingram for his principled leadership on the national lottery question. And as he and his government seek to lead us toward a national goal of being a disciplined, industrious people who have an abiding respect for Christian values and the rule of law, we encourage them to take the same principled position against any further legalization of gambling in any form. Towards that end, we continue to pray to God who reminds us that people who want to get rich fall in temptation and in a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. That's a quote from 1 Timothy 6 9. Pastor Bethel, tell me, what do you think of that response and what prompted you to write this letter in the first place? Well, I was extremely, extremely gratified to see the Prime Minister um, uh, take that stand uh, because the buck stops with him. Now, of course, uh, way back in February of 2008, in a sense, he opened this can of worms when he had mentioned that the society had been so lawless he maybe one ought to consider legalizing it. And that empowered lots of folks to uh, talk about a referendum on that matter. But I think well, he also said at that time that he is not going to have a referendum uh, and there won't be a referendum on his term and he's not going to do a referendum on the national lottery. Um, and so for him to come out again and reiterate that uh, was powerful because you, you've had many forces rallying up, talking about a referendum on the national lottery. Uh, uh, Minister of National Security Tommy Turnquist uh, suggested it. The deputy uh, of the uh, Progressive Liberal Party, I think um, Sandy Sands of Bahamas Hotel Association, he was suggesting there also be a referendum. I believe a number of other cabinet ministers and others were coming out talking about that. So I think the the Prime Minister bringing this up and saying it again um, it was a powerful endorsement of what we were saying, that we believe it is it will be catastrophic. We believe worse that it was hypocritical for the Ministry of Education, which, I mean, more than anybody except for the home, they are chiefly responsible for helping to inculcate in our people industry, loyalty, discipline, the very things that are antithetical to the nature of gambling, which caters to covetousness, indiscipline, chance, luck, greed, you name it. And so it was, a, a, to, to me, a big endorsement of, of what we were doing in, in, in speaking to the government and the nation that this is not a course we want to set, and we applaud publicly the Prime Minister for his comments. Okay. Pastor Moss, anything you'd like to add to that? No, I, I concur with uh, Pastor Bethel uh, fully. I thank the Prime Minister for speaking clearly and candidly on that particular point. Good. Now, um, Pastor Stewart, do you believe that the Prime Minister's stand will in any way dampen the enthusiasm or the motivation that has come up recently for those who are proposing this? With respect to the the lottery, the ten -year, the yeah. Ten -year plan of, no, not the no, ten-year plan. The lottery, lottery itself. <clears throat> um, I believe the emphasis 
at all, probably by the those who've been seeking to promote gambling. I believe those who favor the um, legalization of the illegal lotto houses that mm -hmm. presently exist, I think we'll now begin to hear more from them. Okay. All right? Um, the persons who were proposing the national lottery, as a matter of fact, those two groups seem to be at odds with each other. Okay? So I think one might see this is a victory for them yeah. and would seek to move in the direction to uh, have the, the, the local lotto houses um, legalized. Um, but um, I think, once again, there, there is a need for the church community. That was to, going to be to, my follow-up question here. Okay. Do you gentlemen believe that uh, churches, by that I mean uh, people in the local assemblies, are well informed or equipped enough to understand what is at stake here when it from a moral point of view and a biblical point of view when it comes to legalization of gambling? You feel that our people are equipped? No. I, but I, I think, I believe church leaders understand the issues and certainly uh, uh, um, equipped to, to speak some of these issues, oh. but but the general body the, the, of Christ in the Bahamas, the church at large, I don't think is sufficient. All right, so then what we are ad admitting then here is that our leaders are not doing the job of informing right. or equipping our people. I, I think when we speak on the radio, there's that moment of clarity. They hear, oh, yeah, Pastor Lee is right, yeah, Pastor Lyle is right, yeah, I see, yeah, Pastor Cedric, Pastor Alfred, they're right, I see it. But uh, they go away, get involved in a conversation with somebody else, and they forget those salient points. I believe, gentlemen, it's time for us to post a website where wh whenever we speak about it, we tell people, go to the site. Go to that site. Become more informed. Um, but we need to have a site. Uh, and I may, I'll throw the challenge out to some of our technical-minded uh, young men and women out there. We need to build a website, and we always, 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 always reference a website so people can go there. I, I'll say that because of, of this. I, I was at someone's home uh, uh, Sunday past, and despite having spoken about this, oh Lord, me personally, uh, some ten times, radio and TV, and throwing the newspaper, I guess it'd be more than that, and the persons were still giving arguments that had been answered a long time ago, and they were still saying, well, yeah, but you know, if someone is gambling privately, who is that offending, who is that hurting, and so forth. And it left me scratching my head because they can't see the bigger social impact that this is going to uh, to take and were we trying to legislate morality. The same old tired arguments get trotted out whenever you talk about this. And the big picture is not being seen. Right. So it Actually, says to me we need came, to make sure. That came home forcibly the other morning. I was uh, driving somewhere and I turned on the radio and it was a talk show on. And they had some well informed a gentleman there, intellectuals, if you want to say, and they were talking about our response, uh, actually re referencing it. And one of the men said, I wouldn't call names, one of them says, well, that's only six men. He said, they probably represent 5,000 people, that's all, mm -hmm. you know. And, and then they tried to, you, you know, it was amazing how these intellectuals would demean the individuals. Mm -hmm without even going, looking at the core of the That's situation. Right. They didn't. All they were trying to find was, hey, we're insignificant, right. and, and so on. 
rather than saying, hey, here are the issues with gambling. Is it moral? Is it immoral? You know, how does it really impact right. it? They don't talk about those issues. No. Yes. Because they know they'll lose so to talk about the issues. But that's an amazing thing. But I'm still concerned. What about you, gentlemen? How do you think we could um, better inform our people or equip our people to face these social issues? Because as I said right now, we're going to be dealing with this so-called hate speech situation. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, the, the spousal rape and all of that. How do we equip our people from a biblical point of view to look at these issues to make a proper decision as to whether they should be for or against? Well, while these two look like they're, they're thinking, let me just say this. We live in a sound by the age. Okay. Yeah, but I want to hear from you, though. This is important. We live in a sound by the age. People's, people's ability to hold on to concepts, unless it's profound, is short-lived. Um, so therefore, you've got to have some place where they can go. And so I, I just just reiterate again that um, uh, a a website that they can go to, um, churches can post these things up in their various places. Um, they can maybe be uh, churches could have a, a week or month of um, focus on gambling, so that there are handouts in the bulletins that people keep there for in their Bibles, and so they get a sustained teaching on that for a period of time. I think that would go a long way. Okay. I think, uh, Pastor Lee, part of the, I, I believe largely the work has to be done on the local church level. And more than just having our people to think about the issue of gambling, I think we need to help our people to think biblically. We yes. need to help our people to be able to read scripture and then see life through the lens of scripture. Yes. And when we do that, then they're able to discern issues in a principled way as opposed to needing us to tell them, okay, here's how you think on this particular issue. And of course we need both. We need the guidance of pastors, but more so I think we need to help our people to think biblically and as Christians to live by a biblical worldview. But also the press statements that we're making, utilizing the media, I think we, we need to continue to do that as well. The, the website certainly will uh, help individuals who would go to the site and actually read material. Uh, so I think it's going to be fought on many fronts, yes. not just a single front. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Short, do you think that there uh, is a need for our pastors, are we ourselves, to be equipped in these areas? Most definitely. <clears throat> I, I think certainly um, church leadership, right, needs to inform um, themselves. We, we must understand what the issues are, um, and not just understand what the issues are, but, but particularly from a biblical perspective. Right. All right? The, the bottom line is always, what does God have to say about it? Mm. <laughs> okay? And um, once we are satisfied that we, we know God's position on the matter, then I think we need to take a stand uh, 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 and communicate to the nation, to the leaders, to the leadership, you know, what the biblical, what the moral uh, uh, position is with regard to these issues. And so, yes, without a doubt, um, I believe church leadership need, need, need to, because we're living in a day and age where more and more of these issues uh, are being addressed. And, and, and we, the, the world is heading in a direction mm -hmm. where 
it is important for the church to contend for the faith. Exactly. Amen. I wouldn't. I cannot agree with you more. You're listening to Talking It Through Biblically. Uh, we have as our guest uh, three uh, pastors here who are well versed in the social issues of the day from a biblical perspective. And we would like for you to be a part of this conversation. Our numbers are 322-7846. That's 322-7846 and 326-0800. That's 326-0800. We've just been speaking about the um, gambling situation, but we want to move on to another situation now because something else is, is in the works at this time, and it has to do with um, a bill for an act to amend the Sexual Offenses Act. It has to do with spousal rape. Now, I'm going to ask... Um, Pastor Moss to tell us the significance about this bill and exactly what is at stake here. The bill primarily seeks to remove the provision in law currently whereby a man cannot rape his wife except under circumstances where perhaps a divorce has already been proceeded with or there's a separation or some legal circumstances. The proposed bill in Parliament now seeks to repeal the section of the, the uh, Sexual Offenses Act to, uh, to essentially bring every marriage, not just those that were under some kind of a dissolution or separation, but to bring every marriage under the scope whereby an allegation of rape can be uh, brought. And one of the things that concerns me Indeed, about... I'm sorry, hold that a moment, please, Pastor Moss. We have our first call. Hello, you're on ECB, talking it through biblically. Hey, Pastor Lee, how you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Can you hear me clear? We hear you clear. Okay, this is Paul Cunilia. Good afternoon to the rest of the folks, Pastor... Uh, all the pastors. Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. And uh, I, I recognize Pastor Stott. Yes, sir. Uh, how you doing, sir? Wonderful. And yourself? I'm fine. Very good. Uh, uh, good to have you. Good to hear your voice again. I see you for a long time. But let me get to the quick point. Uh, three point Pastor Lee, first of all, with Oika. It, it, it is a blessing that the uh, Prime Minister sit down and liberalize the communication network uh, because it gives now the churches the opportunity to apply for a license. Because what, what it is law that uh, the government now responsible for the revenue, so if they got to bring in the revenue, then they have to issue the kind of license that would that would uh, produce those type of revenue, and you have different type of communication, right. the internet and the uh, conventional communication, including television and radio, right. oh, and also cell phone, going to have some type of uh, feed. Um, downloading your radio or your, your radio and television program. Right. I mean, that's that's one of that's a, one of the positive aspects I think of the bill. So that that's a good bill. So now right. you can apply for your license. Secondly, dealing with the education, um, it's sad though, pastors, that uh, the, the education committee would gamble the most important institution. We agree. That function in terms of lottery being the sponsor. Or to be the one that put that. Be the one. Go ahead, Pam, go ahead. Did we lose him? 
Hello? I think we lost him. Okay, I'm sorry we, we lost him. Was that another person on? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry we lost you. You can get back. That, but that's a good point concerning that bill. But, of course, there's a, um, a negative aspect we might have to look at concerning um, But we'll come to that. Mr. Moss, will you continue? Yeah, so the, as I was saying, with this, uh, with this bill, the concern really is that uh, in the current legislation, charges cannot be brought against a man who is being charged with raping his wife unless the Attorney General office, office approves it. In the amendment that is being proposed, that safeguard is being removed. And what is really scary about that is that it essentially brings all marriages under the scope of this possibility of a rape allegation being brought, and you don't even have the safeguard of the Attorney General's office giving the go-ahead as to whether the circumstances are appropriate to, to bring such a charge. And I mean, if you think about it, how do you prove rape where there's no violence? It's a man's wife. If his semen is found in his wife, that's appropriate. That's, that's moral. Uh, how, do you, how do you prove that? Mm. And uh, we, we certainly believe that laws should be passed to protect all people, especially the vulnerable, especially women. But we're very concerned that this particular piece of legislation may not have been thought through properly. Okay, well, we'll come back in a moment. I think we have uh, another call. That's me, me again, Pastor Bonker. Okay, finish up. Can you all hear me again? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Oh, we got confused, but thank God we are back. Yeah, education, to fund education in our country, is sad that we have to use lottery. And, and, and if we have to result to that, that is serious for our country. And I'm glad the Prime Minister took a stand, but we cannot jeopardize our, our, our system, our children, based on gambling. And mm. um, if you're going to have gambling funding it, then sooner or later you'll be set put in the gambling and, and the curriculum on the hate crime. I'm still here? Yep. yep. Make sure, make sure on the hate crime. That is dangerous, Pastor. Mm -hmm. I have read about it over the internet. I'm sure you all are knowledgeable. There. One of the things hate crime bill is trying to do is trying to shut the conservative mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Crime is a liberal type of bill for moral immorality. Let me give you a closing point here. The pastor in Canada, Canada had that um, law called hate crime law. Right. The, remember the pastor was arrested? You all remember that? Yeah, yes. yeah. arrested for yeah. put in jail two years. You know why the pastor was arrested? Because he speak out and preached in the church against homosexual. Right. right. And we got to tell like it is. If that, and, and if that hate crime be adopted here, then the homosexual, including the Rainbow Alliance organization, will have a field day with us and try to close up on it's a bill that tried to close the conservative and liberalize the immorality. Well, the bill will come into effect on August the 1st. In the United States? No, here. The communications bill comes into effect August the 1st. I got that from the AG's office yesterday. Yeah, Expl the Erica bill coming into effect on August oh, the 1st. September the 15th. That one comes in September the 15th. Hey, crime one? Yep. Well, uh, I just hope that uh, it, it would include you and I speaking against gay, because I would go to jail for that. Well, we, we were told by the office, and I won't call a name here, that we have to be diligent. I don't think that we have to be, we have to be, and not just with us, but every voice, because that's... I agree, and that's what they told us, because 
There is possibility for abuse here. There's no doubt in the way it's stated. And the, the, the office just told us we have to be diligent then. Yeah, but we certainly definitely will be. You have to be diligent. Go to jail for... Okay. Listen, I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Always good to hear you. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, you want to you want to continue? Oh no, that that essentially is okay. uh, the, How do feel the gist of so the far? amendment. First of all, <clears throat> I, I, let me admit that I haven't had the chance to actually read okay. the, the, the 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 bill, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I, as Pastor, Pastor Moss has indicated, I think um, it is dealing with um, a a very very touchy issue, so to speak. Um, where certainly scripture gives um, certain um, positions regarding the relations, particularly sexual relations between husband and wife. Right. Um, and I'm not quite sure how this bill actually impacts that, th 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 those issues. Yeah, I, I mean, I think all of us, uh, all of us are happily married men who, who uh, enjoy and believe in the sanctity of marriage. Uh, we counsel persons who are in trouble. None of us believes in a abusive relationships, nor would we counsel a woman to stay in an abusive relationship and, and, and get beat up. But knowing the nature, human nature, and, and Pastor, Pastor Moss hinted at it, to just open this up carte blanche like that, when uh, off air we were talking about, uh, Pastor Cedric mentioned how um, you have some wives who will put their children up to say, Daddy molested them. Well, if she can use a third party, her, that is her own child, how much more so is she going to be able to say to herself, she wants to get back at her husband, uh, you raped me. And uh, if she's trying to get some kind of financial thing from him or she wants to divorce him and so forth, uh, so forth um, then the potential for abuse is extreme. I'll just give an example to that. I was dealing with a particular uh, case, um, husband and wife, uh, they were at war, counseling them and so forth, and it became very clear that um, one of the parties wanted out, but the other party wasn't really doing anything wrong. I think someone advised the party that let him hit you, provoke a fight, mm -hmm. and be able to show that you got that he beat you up, but and you you'll say establish they were a record. The extreme and odd cases, rather than the usual. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. However, we go towards those cases, don't we? Right. Well, you need to make sure that the 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 the, the, the what they always say: hard cases make bad law. Yeah. But the fact is, when you know the potential of people right. to abuse that, okay. and you actually exist in a situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a society where those kind of things get abused, then you need to make wiser laws. Right. Well, we're going to take a break now and come back because they have said that they're going to be town me hall meetings and so yes. on for discussion. So mm -hmm. maybe we should encourage our people to get Absolutely. involved. Absolutely. And, uh, and maybe we should talk about how do we prepare our people for involvement. I think we're going to take a break right now and then we'll come right back to continue our discussions on talking it through biblically. ECB, 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 Excellence in This proposed um, bill uh, for the sexual offense and domestic violence uh, and the proposed um, amendment or addition to it. And we were talking about the, the fact that, especially for Christians now, that we need to know how to be able to approach these issues in an, in, in an intelligent and biblical fashion. 
because they are going to have town hall meetings where this issue is discussed. And so, gentlemen, I want to discuss that a little bit more. How would you go about preparing your people to take part in these uh, meetings? Uh, I think we have a call. Hello, you on ECB? Hello, you on ECB? Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, sir. And good afternoon to your panelists. Good afternoon. There's so much, you're talking about so much different social issues today. And uh, one that really has caught my attention is to the mere fact that I know from Scripture of being married that two shall become one. That's right. I to understand this law that they want to bring into existence into our country once again. That if your mate that God has given you, all of you pledge to become as one. And if I, as a married man, wants to be intimate with my wife, and she says no to me, doesn't that give you a reason if you're not a strong believer in Christ or if you're a cinema? And she consistently tells you no for whatever particular reason to cause you now to go out there and commit adultery? Well, be careful with that. I don't know if anybody can cause you to do anything like that. That's going to be a choice you make Please. yourself. Because if your wife doesn't but want I understand to be what you're saying. you... I understand what you're saying. That indicates a problem between you and your spouse, and you need biblical counseling. But that does not uh, encourage you or allow you to go out and commit adultery. So how do you... Nor, nor, does, it allow, uh, uh, nor does it permit you to... Uh, uh, to enact a, an act of violence upon your wife either. Mm -hmm. no, not an act of violence, but what if in the essence that a husband comes home, he wants to be intimate with his wife, and for some particular reason, it's always a no, 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 and he gets frustrated one day. Now, if you become in one as a unit, husband and wife as one, is it fair that even if you honorable men there, wants to be intimate with your wife, and your wife for some reason tell you no, 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 no. Is it okay then to say to yourself that just be alone? Or how do you address this in terms of counseling? Okay, go ahead. Pastor. Well, you certainly, as Pastor Lee said, you, you definitely need to seek counseling, and especially if you are toying with the idea of committing adultery, if you are toying with the idea of uh, being violent towards your wife, you definitely need to be wise and seek counseling. So therefore, we are getting to the point now that this act will come into place to those individuals who want to become physically uh, violent to their spouse. That's the, one of the intentions. It's all about. Well, yeah, I'm not but sure. But it goes beyond that. Yeah, yeah it, it's certainly broader than that, and we're hoping that as discussions I had in the wider community that um, a, a more sober approach to this will prevail. Right. You have to be careful, my brother, because I assume that you're a believer, you're saying about the Bible, uh, that you do not use the Bible as a, as a uh, basis for your committing something that is sinful, that has to do with violence or immorality, because like many times we can twist the Bible ourselves Right. To, to give us, we think, the permission to do something that is erroneous. And yes, you might have to, if you're not getting the counseling you should or your relationship is not right, to be obedient to God, you might have to be alone for a while. Mm -hmm. 
You have to be willing to face that. You can't say that the God is going to excuse me for committing adultery because my wife uh, will not have uh, relationships with me. You cannot use that as an excuse or a basis at all. I agree with you on that, Pastor Lee, that there's no excuse for you to go there and commit adultery. But I want to get to the point that if this law is passed, I'm trying to figure out if women will then become so disobedient the fact of being married to their mate that says to them, that guess what, you touch me? That's quite possible. We can't say no to that, but that's one of the issues we have to deal with on an individual as well as the church bases as well. And a lot of social major issues Really helpful. Thank you very much. And be praying about the situation. Thank you. Pastor Lee, if I may follow up just real quickly. When you read the Sexual Offenses and Domestic Violence Act, and you read the definition of what sexual intercourse is, for the purpose of the act, listen to what it says. It says, for the purpose of this act, sexual intercourse includes sexual connection, A, sexual connection occasioned by any degree of penetration of the vagina of any person or anus of any person or by the stimulation of the vulva or any person of any person or the anus of any person or by with any part of the body by another person or by any object used by another person except where, and it talks about legal right. term there, and listen to this part now. Um, uh, I won't read that part over the air. Uh, but it ends by saying, any reference in this act to the act of having sexual intercourse includes a reference to any stage or continuation of that act. Boy, that is quite Any broad. stage or continuation of that act. I mean, whoa, yeah, that, that is, is pretty quite broad. That serious. Is quite broad. So this gentleman shows us that we have to be vigilant here and alert in, in, in uh, discussing this, and even with our own people. That's my concern, I guess in addressing our people and how to prepare them for that. All right, uh, time is going. Do you have anything else you want to say concerning the, the hate speech um, uh, law? Well, actually, we didn't get to it. Well, we probably should let the, 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 the radio audience hear the piece because okay. they, may not, they may have no idea what we're talking about. I mean, we've been dealing with this so long. Okay. We know exactly what we're talking about, but folks may have no, no appreciation for why we think there's a hate speech clause in the new communications bill. All right. In the uh, communication bill, which you can get, by the way, by going to the computer and downloading it, on Part 9, Sections 52 and 53 deals with this particular area. And under Point 3 in that section, it says that the what uh, Pumpkin referred to before as IRCA, that's utilities, uh, Recognition and Competition uh, Authority who will have oversight of this. They will have responsibility of policing, as it were, what comes over our media. It says they will have responsibility in developing codes of practice relating to matters referred to in subsection 2. The following matters will be taken into account. The betrayal in program of, one, physical and psychological violence, two, sexual conduct and nudity, 
Three, the use of drugs, including alcohol and tobacco. And fourthly, matter that is likely to incite or perpetuate hatred against or vilifies any person or group on the basis of ethnicity, nationality, race, gender, and this is the insertion, this is the insertion of a term that we have a problem with, sexual preference, age, religion, or physical or mental disability. You see, if this keeps in line with all of the other uh, uh, bills in England, in Canada, and the United States, this will pose a real problem for Christians especially to speak out against anything that have to do with homosexuality or even other religions because it could be taken as though we are inciting violence or hatred. That is the concern. The thing is anyone can declare it. Oh, I was offended by that. You, 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 you see, and it leaves, it leaves you, see, all of these, the two laws that we're discussing, both um, depend on the honesty and sincerity of the person who was offended. Right. And we live in a real world where people um, do things uh, for less than honorable reason. A uh, wife wants to uh, get out of the marriage. Uh, the only way is to make it look like the husband raped them. And, and unless you, you know, and then uh, likewise um, with this bill, um, you know, the Matthew Shepard bill that, that, that gained such currency in the United States, um, Matthew Shepard because the homosexual agenda is so powerful in the United States of America, they use that and they, they, they really just coasted straight through to victory with this. But the, 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 there was a, a little boy who was sexually murdered by two homosexual predators that, um, that never came to the public's attention. Right. Ma Matthew Shepard, and the Matthew Shepard issue was used not because um, that happens, but because that, that, that now can be used as a tool to shut up opposition right, and that's to homosexuality, one of the that, and that's right? the issue. Right. Yes, um, it, it's, what, what, what really concerns me is that whether knowingly or unknowingly, it appears as if we have jumped on the bandwagon of um, introducing legislation to provide special rights for the gay community, mm -hmm. okay? And that is a matter of grave concern. Well, I think it should be because there's no doubt that is true in all the other countries that this has happened. Precisely. That's one of the primary motivations for this. In the United States, for example, we know that um, President Obama um, is on a campaign to promote um, their agenda. Right. Um, declared it. What's, what concerns me is that I, I certainly pray that um, there's no attempt here to jump on this bandwagon. Um, as a matter of fact, this is a matter, the reference to sexual pre preference needs to be excluded yes, from right, this act. Right. Yes. Well, that's right? what we have to work on, gentlemen, but unfortunately right now we're out of time. So we'll have to have you back again as we pursue that a little bit more. We want to thank you for tuning in to Talking It Through Biblically on ECB today. We encourage you to do so next time. At the same time, we will begin again at 5 o'clock rather than 4 or 5 o'clock. Until then, as always, this is Pastor Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things. Easy, easy, be, easy, easy, be, excellence in Christian broadcasting.